Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. That's me, Kelly Singh. And we're just going to get right into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. I will never get tired of that intro, I tell you. Welcome to the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. I'm looking a hot mess today. If you want a little story time, I'm in California working and my scooter is broken. It has some kind of malfunction that we're going to have to get to the bottom to because I had to ride the bus this morning, which I don't mind riding the bus, but that driver has it out for me. I am telling you, I was running. He didn't even stop like the slow roll, but he must've felt super bad for me because he stopped and I got on, but I'm all sweaty. I don't know if you needed to hear that or not, but I had to get it off my chest. So there you go. (laughs) Let's talk about something else that I need to get off my chest, and that would be the state of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to try and stay positive. I had a viewer tell me they love watching the pod because I stay positive when it's easy to get negative. I mean, everybody's parents told them, if you don't have something nice to say, then don't say it at all. So I I try to live by that. So if I'm just shaking my head, you know. Today, I'm having on a guest who uh, likes to look stuff up, likes to share facts. We became Twitter friends, um, I believe. Actually, I'll bring him on and we can talk about that. But my guest today is Sean Foss. We'll have them pop in. It's Sean, Super Sports Nut and Twitter friend. Find him on Twitter at Sean underscore Foss. Sean, what's up? Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to kind of jump on and, and talk Arizona Cardinals football, even if I'm not necessarily 
a big Cardinals fan. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited to, to come on and, and talk, talk some Cardinals with you. You are a football fan. And that's kind of what I like to look for sometimes when I have a guest because they bring a different perspective to the discussion. But I think I wanted to think about when we became Twitter friends, I think it was because somebody was being like really rude and mean to me. And I, if I remember correctly, I think it was over some um, some issue with somebody like having dibs on gym equipment or something like that. There's like a <laughs> yes, Twitter story right. about it. And it was like a, a whole back and forth with people being ridiculous, if I remember correctly. It was. <laughs> and then um, you sided with me. I didn't even know you. And I was <laughs> like, you know what? I like you. I like you. Um, and that's the the miraculous origin story of our Twitter friendship. Yeah, I, we did cross paths in real life at the expo back in, in yeah. August as well. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, the expo is always a great place to run into people that you've seen on Twitter. I've been to two of them now, and I'm looking forward already for August to come around again. <laughs> Yeah, same here. I've been to the last two and, and looking forward to going again next year. So much fun. If anybody yeah. here doesn't know what we're talking about, there is a fantasy football expo and it happens in Canton, Ohio every August right around Hall of Fame time. And it really is so much fun. It's a blast. Yeah, and it feels like it's getting to be, I mean, it's getting to be a bigger event every year, too. I think there were more people this past year than the year before. And and the idea that we got to do a bunch of cool stuff at the Hall of Fame Stadium and go on the field and throw the ball around. They did a flag football tournament on the field mm-hmm. there. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, um, especially since my team, I wasn't playing, team captain, Team Trophy Smack came in second place um, (laughs) to the first place team, which happened to be the Kamish Fantasy Football Podcast, which is where I got my start, um, gosh, almost three three years ago now. And so I was like, go, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Rooting rooting for both teams. Let's hope everyone has fun. (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the state of the Cardinals. I mean, it's not unique. They're not in a unique position as far as what's going on in the NFL right now. It's been a little wild this season so far, but it is unique to the Cardinals. And I want to bring up a quote from Kyler Murray, if I could, and I'm just going to read here. Um, Probably rookie year is the last time stuff has felt this hard. So, Clearly, Kyler is having a problem with how things are going. He's feeling the pressure. It's hard. He's a good football player. He's gotten a big, fat contract, but it's not coming together for him. What are your thoughts on just how it looks right now for the Cardinals? Um, So, I mean, I think they're in – 
they're not as bad off as the record would make them look. Um, you know, I think there's definitely, you mentioned they're not in a unique position in the NFL, but they're, you know, when you compare this year to last year, last year they opened on a seven game winning streak. Right. Uh, and this year they're two and four and, and really struggling. But the thing that really kind of stood out to me, just kind of looking a little deeper into their numbers is they really missed DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people looked at his stats from last year and saw they were down even when he was healthy and sort of assumed that he's, you know, on the downside of his career and is kind of losing it. But what really seemed to be happening is that he opened up the offense for everybody else. Um, the defensive attention that DeAndre Hopkins draws opens up the offense for everyone else. So I was looking into some numbers for Kyler Murray with and without DeAndre Hopkins. And in those first seven games last season, um, Kyler Murray completed 73.5% of his attempts, and he averaged almost nine yards per attempt in those games. He only had, he didn't have a single game with Hopkins on the field last year where he averaged less than 7.6 yards per attempt. In the games that Hopkins has missed since the start of last year, he's been above six and a half one time and has not been above seven yards per attempt in any game. And he's only completing about 65% of his passes compared to 73 and a half with Hopkins on the, on the field. So again, you're seeing, you know, Hopkins may not be putting up crooked stats on, of his own, but he opens up so much room for those underneath guys. And that's just not something Marquise Brown could, could replicate. Um, and obviously losing Christian Kirk hurts with that as well. Um, all the receivers right now without Hopkins are underneath guys. And so, defenses are coming down and playing close to the line of scrimmage and you're just not creating that space for those guys to gain yards after the catch. Um, you know, obviously Connor being out hurts too, but you can, you can just see from the numbers, they the offense clicks a lot better when Hopkins is out there drawing attention. Uh, and so there is at least some signs for optimism that that can get better here in the coming weeks with Hopkins due back this week. I agree with you 100%. I think it's easy to forget that, Hopkins has been out on this suspension when you're so focused week to week on who's playing, who am I going to put in my lineup if I'm playing fantasy, um, who am I betting on props, you know, all of those things can cause someone like me who's involved in fantasy in sports betting and enjoys football in general to forget that DeAndre Hopkins exists. <laughs> Yeah, he's and he's a very good football player still, despite you know reports he was on the downside last year. He's still very good at what he does, and hopefully will make the game easier for Kyler Murray. Which I mean, that's what you really want to do. Based on that quote, you want to make the game easier. And the reason it's been so hard, like I said, is because defenses can play coverage closer to the line of scrimmage. They don't have to worry about getting beat over the top as much uh, without Hopkins on the field. And Robbie Anderson may help with that too. I mean, that's another addition this week that, I mean, they're giving themselves some, some speed on the outside. I mean, Marquise Brown is known as kind of a speed guy, but they've been deploying him underneath. I think things will open up a little bit, like I said, with the new guys that are coming in. Uh, you know, it, that won't necessarily help with the defense, um, which has also been a problem, but that should make the offense better and give give Kyler Murray some a reason why he's probably a buy low for fantasy football and also a reason why the team should have optimism kind of going forward that the offense can turn it around. Agreed. Totally. Um, it's interesting what you said about Marquise Brown. When he came in, uh, I think what I envisioned was it was to replicate 
what they were missing with DeAndre Hopkins. My biggest fear also being a Ravens fan. Somebody told me I can't have two favorite teams, but guess what? You're not the boss of me. <laughs> mine, um, mine are the 49ers and Lions, so I get it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, with Marquise Brown, my biggest fear was exactly what happened in Baltimore is he gets the yips. Once he drops a big pass, he's going to drop more. And um, in Baltimore, they actually had him catching soccer balls at one point to get over that feeling. And so when he's come to Arizona, he's missed he's missed some big passes. It's It hasn't been uh, any kind of spectacular thing. And then we have Rondale Moore who plays there uh, in the slot, I guess, in the center, catches those maybe five, ten yard at the most passes. Um, and he's great at that. Somebody asked me if I thought that would, uh, with Hopkins coming back with and with Robbie Anderson joining the team, was that going to affect Rondale Moore getting more uh, playtime and I don't think it will he's a different kind of player he's utilized in a different way and now that he's healthy you can see that Kyler wants to utilize him the um, offensive coaches have built plays around him so I don't necessarily see it affecting Rondale more um, it'll be interesting more so to me to see how Robbie Anderson is going to be utilized with Hopkins back. Yeah. I think if anything, the return of Deandre Hopkins and the addition of Robbie Anderson will be positive things for Rondale Moore. Um, Cause like I said, anything that draws attention deeper, it gives him more op- room to operate underneath, which is what they sorely need is some more space underneath. Uh, and and Rond- Rondale, we've already seen he started to kind of earn targets in the couple weeks he's been back. If he's got more space to operate in and is still earning those targets, it's it's going to increase his production, not decrease it. It's, it's I think, a positive uh, development for his outlook going forward. That is great news. If anything, I was like, it's it's going to stay the same or get a little bit better um, just because of the trust factor. But for the uh, examples that you've given, uh, the usage of Hopkins, Anderson, and Rondale Moore gives me hope for that more, more production. So I'm even happier because I'm a huge Rondale Moore fan. Uh, I have been... Uh, since last year's training camp and to see him injured and not getting full usage has been so sad, but um, it's looking good for the rest of the season. Fingers crossed, knock on all the wood. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season too. I did. I traded for him in a dynasty league where I actually gave up a different Cardinal uh, Zach Ertz to get him. So hopefully we see Rondale take off. I think that's a good move. I mean, yeah. Zach Ertz is a great player. He's definitely one uh, that you want in your tight end position. But for Dynasty, I, I think that was a good move. Well, sure, especially with them drafting Trey McBride, you know, as early as they did, too. They, they expect him to play eventually. It's not just going to be Ertz forever. Exactly. <laughs> Although... That's a good slogan. Earth's forever. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about um, this week's uh, week six matchup with New Orleans. Uh, There's a there is a lot to unpack there. New Orleans is kind of a hot mess this week when you (laughs) are taking a look at that roster. 
What are your first impressions when you think week six, New Orleans? New Orleans is, is an interesting team because they don't on, on paper, especially with, with Michael Thomas injured with, um, you know, with uh, Jarvis Landry also injured. They don't look like a team that should be dangerous on offense, but they still find ways to compete. I think they're well coached, um, even if their talent level isn't what it's been in years past, um, but they find a way to kind of stay in games. I mean, they very easily could have beaten the Bengals last week and um, you know, they, they've, they're, they compete every week. Um, So even when you look on paper and say, Oh, they're going to be missing Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry again, you know, they, they're probably going to go back to Jameis Winston. They keep throwing in these packages with Taysom Hill at quarterback. And it just seems to be kind of a a lot of confusion on their own team, kind of on, on who they are as an offense. Um, but they find ways to compete. And, and I think Arizona, the way that they have been playing defense is going to open up some opportunities for, for the Saints too. So one thing I was when I was kind of digging into last year, the seven-game undefeated start versus the start this year, um, one of the things that really stood out too when you look at last year's Cardinals team is on the defensive side of the ball. They lose Chandler Jones. Um, they lose uh, Jordan Hicks and Jordan Phillips, which accounted for – about 42% of their sacks last year. And so they've tried to make up for the loss of that because they didn't really replace those guys, right? They they basically are counting on J.J. Watt to stay healthy, which is always kind of a questionable um, assumption to make. And the two guys they drafted in the third round, both have been kind of part-time players. They haven't played a ton of snaps so far. So they haven't really replaced those pass rushers they lost from last season. Instead, they're just blitzing more. Um, but when you blitz more, it takes more guys out of coverage. And if you don't get to the quarterback, it creates, you know, it, it creates open space for guys to run after the catch. And that's been a huge issue for the Cardinals this year. They were, I think, um, fourth. Yeah, they're – I'm sorry, they had the stat here. They allowed the fifth fewest yards after catch last season. They've allowed by far the most in the NFL so far this year. And that's been a huge problem. They're, they're, like I said, they're blitzing at a higher rate and they're not getting pressure as often as they did last year. And as a result, you're just giving more space for guys to run. So Kamara could have some big plays after the catch. Chris Olave could get open deep when you're blitzing. I mean, you're, they're going to have some issues on the defensive side still. I think the offense will improve, but it's a matter of can they can they stop the Saints from making big plays to stay in the game. Here's the bright spot. Hmm. I uh, Last I looked, I think Olave is still questionable, if not out. Um, he's not on the injury report for this week. He cleared the concussion protocol and he is good to go. Well, there you go. So yeah. that was all right. Not a bright spot anymore. I did. However, this morning, and I was just double checking on my phone while you were talking, uh, Andy Dalton is slated to start. And to me, that's a bright spot. <laughs> if, if he plays, sure. Um, he's definitely been more consistently dumping the ball down to Kamara. So that maybe not as bright because uh, Jameis likes to take those deep shots. Um, I know Jameis was active last week uh, as a backup behind Dalton. Mm-hmm. And then Dalton had kind of a back issue pop up yep. during the game. And so I wasn't sure. I think it had been still kind of up in the air. Uh, is, last yeah. I had heard whether Jameis was going to start this week or Dalton. Um, Jameis is more likely to hurt you deep when you blitz and, and Dalton's more likely to take the underneath and let the, let Camaro run after the catch or, you know, whoever else. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of which guy starts, but I think either way there are places to exploit the Cardinals defense. If you can, you know, keep your quarterback upright when they're blitzing. 
I, I agree 100%. It was, it's definitely been in the air on who's going to start, who is injured the least at quarterback in New Orleans. Um, CBS Sports a couple hours ago reported that Andy Dalton would start Thursday night. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Winston won't play because, as you mentioned, he's active. Um, it's do they want a chance, a re-injury. If it's looking really bad, I guess that's when they would make that call. Uh, Andy Dalton's just not good. So <laughs> um, that's, that is like my nice way of saying it. Um, and I'm hopeful that because – he is predictable and he does have a limited skill set that's going to allow the Cardinals to exploit that and uh, ho hopefully come out with a win. It, it would be really awful to lose at home again. I mean, that's there's no nice way of saying that. It, the home losses have been demoralizing to uh, the team, I'm sure. The fan base, um, I've said it before on other shows that Arizona has a lot of fair weather fans being that we are a retirement state. So yeah. there's loads of people from other places here. And when the Cardinals are doing good, they have loads of fans. And when the Cardinals are doing bad, that fan base definitely dwindles and our home games um almost look like away games at times, depending on who's playing. If you're talking Chicago, um, you know, there's going to be tons of Bears fans. <laughs> if you're talking any of these retirement type states that flock to Phoenix, it, it, it gets really interesting. New Orleans, I would say we should be able to dominate the home crowd. I'm hopeful and I'm hopeful that they'll finally pull out a home win. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a game they have to win. You, If you have real – I know they're, they're not that far out of the division race. I mean, no one is really pulled away in the NFC West. The 49ers haven't looked great at times. Uh, I mean, obviously getting throttled by Atlanta last weekend. The Rams' offense has been sputtering. Um, you know, in Seattle, I don't, I mean, I think they've outperformed their talent level at three and three or whatever their current record is so far. Um, you know, I think there's plenty of opportunity for Arizona to still win the division, but if you're going to do that, this is the kind of game you have to win. You can't lose to new Orleans, um, when they're banged up on offense. Yeah. Um, this is a game you have to, and I think they will, I think the, the Arizona offense will improve enough with Hopkins back that even if, even if the saints are able to move the ball and score points that Arizona is able to outscore them. Um, but um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it plays out, but I, I do think Arizona will get back on track at home this week. I agree. I agree. Thank you for that optimism. It's, <laughs> it's very uplifting to my little heart. Um, let's see. I have one question about fantasy football. If okay. you have uh, Connor on any lineup, if any of our listeners have Connor on a lineup, I've currently benched him as questionable. What are your thoughts on playing James Connor as questionable going into Thursday night? Um, I, I think ultimately it depends. I, I think if he plays, I mean, 
you can play him, but even when they were, you know, even when he was healthy, uh, he wasn't exactly putting up crooked stats in the first few weeks of the season. Um, I mean, I, it really depends on what your roster looks like. I think I'd view him as probably a top 20 running back for the week. Um, but I, I don't have kind of a, you know, a firm, like, I, it's not that much conviction in saying you should start him. If you have two options you like, um, don't be afraid to bench him even if he's active because his, right. his stats just haven't really been consistent so far. Um, That's how I feel too. That's why he's on my bench because I had just a more reliable option. Um, and I don't want to get stuck having, you know, a game time decision when I have a better option. Yeah. I mean, really, most of the value from Connor comes from him being a workhorse back where he's going to get all the running work. He's going to get all the receiving work. And I think we've seen enough from Eno Benjamin in recent weeks to think that maybe Eno takes some of that passing work, even when Connor's back. Uh, and that, I mean, that, like I said, that saps his upside enough. Plus, he's coming off the injury. I think, yeah, I think he's very borderline. Uh, if he if he's active, he's very borderline as to some whether he's someone you should play or not. But you know, with all the buys and all the injuries, I mean, you may be forced to start him if he plays. So, really, like I said, it always really depends on what your roster looks like and kind of, you know, who you, you know, what makes sense for your team. Very true. You know, Benjamin, every lo- everyone loves a shiny new player <laughs> off of waivers. I know that was a feeding frenzy over the last week or so. Um, so, it's funny that you said that. Uh, Sean, Thank you so much for joining me today. This is just, you know, a short little chat about the state of the Cardinals, what's going on, what's upcoming. And uh, I loved having you on as a football fan in general and uh, as a Twitter friend. Do you have (laughs) anything going on that you want to share? Are you working on anything content related are you just a chill fan what's going on with you no no so i i do uh write a weekly uh column for a site called drink five um basically it's uh the rookie report where essentially i break down the matchup for any fantasy relevant or even some of them irrelevant rookies for the upcoming week where i'll tell you which ones i mean i'll tell you which ones are obvious starts and sits which ones are more borderline and what way I would lean on those guys and then give you some deep league, league, you know, sleeper stashes, DFS plays that you may not think of, you know, for example, a guy like this week, I, I like this week as a cheap DFS plays Jelani Woods from the Colts um, against the Titans who are one of the worst tight end defenses in the league. Um, so, I mean, things like that. So I write this, this article every week uh, it's on drink um, Normally I'll tweet it out as well, but um, that's what I really work, do kind of in season. I love that. That's so much fun. I'm going to make sure I share it. Um, and, uh, people go ahead and follow Sean at Sean S H A W N underscore Foss F O S S and, uh, join in the fun. He gets in a lot of really good discussions. And that's one thing <laughs> I love about following Sean and seeing him in my timeline, um, because it may not have been a tweet of his own, but he's definitely up in all the discussions, and I love seeing it so much. So thank you, Sean, for joining me again. I would love to have you on another time or whatever, but I'll be seeing sure. you on the Twitter. <laughs> Sounds good. Maybe we'll, we'll talk when the Cardinals are in a little better shape and see how things are going. Yeah, for sure. And for everybody watching, thanks 
for tuning in. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Kelly and Phoenix. Find the pod at Sick Pod Kelly. Send us your suggestions if you have ideas to make this show better, things that you want to hear, uh, things that you want to know about, or if you want to be a guest, we'd love to have you. So hit me up, hit the pod up. My production crew is amazing, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing through the season. So I'll see you next week with a recap of Thursday's game. Take care, and uh, yeah, that's it. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.